Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast from the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. Regulatory T-cells, also known as Tregs, are specialized cells that are part of the immune system. As the name implies, they help regulate the body's natural immune response, among other functions. According to some studies, the dysregulation of Tregs may play a role in several neurodegenerative diseases. Koya Therapeutics is a Texas-based biotech company working to utilize Treg therapies to treat these diseases, including ALS. Their ALS treatment completed a Phase 2A study in 2021, with results to be published later in 2022. They are also planning a Phase 2B study of the treatment later this year. Today, on Endpoints, we're joined by Dr. Adrian Hepner, Koya's chief medical officer, to talk about how Tregs might be able to help people with ALS, give an update on the Phase 2A trial, and discuss plans for the next steps. First of all, thanks for joining us today uh, on Endpoints. And uh, just to start, if you could maybe give me some background on Koya and your role in the organization. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, Koya Therapeutics is a relatively young biotech company that started a little over a year ago. And our main job is to crystallize all the science and all the wonderful research career of Dr. Stan Appel from Houston Methodist in Houston, Texas, and his team. So, and hopefully with the effort of that team and the efforts of Koya, make those products available for patients in need. We are basically focusing on areas of high and med need. The role I have is a very exciting role. Actually, I joined the company as a chief medical officer about three months ago. And my job is to do everything in our power to make these therapeutic measures, these new products available to patients. And of course, our leading product is a product based on in T-Rex, regulatory T-cells. For the audience, regulatory T-cells are the most potent immunomodulatory cells in the human body. Regulatory T-cells prevent, for example, when they are normal, some autoimmune disorders, or they, as in ALS, modulate neuroinflammation and actually act on neuroinflammation. In contrast, when regulatory T cells are abnormal, meaning they do not work, or the number is too low, or the combination of both, inflammatory processes take over the body and that result in different conditions. And we believe, based on very important scientific data, that this is one of the drivers of ALS, the ALS condition. Got it. And um, you touched on it a little bit, but can you tell me a little more about how uh, 
Treg therapy works in ALS specifically? Yes. It is known that the suppressive function in patients with ALS is pretty low, is abnormal. The situation is that the number of cells, as I said, and the function is not working. So by harvesting these cells from a patient, and the process is relatively simple, is through a blood sample. So that blood sample is processed. The T-Rex, the regulatory T cells are extracted from the sample through different methods. Then those T cells are converted into functional, meaning they recover the suppressive function, they become functional again, and then expanded into billions of cells. Those cells are then infused back to the patients on a regular basis every two weeks or every four weeks. And the expectation is that these functional T-Rex derived from the same patient. So this is called autologous therapy, meaning what you infuse back to the patient is originally coming from the patient. So these autologous T-Rex help restoring the homeostasis, meaning the normality of the balance between these regulatory T-cells and other T-cells in the body that are effector T-cells. So this T-Rex becomes the good guys in the picture, restoring the normality and modulating, ameliorating immunoinflammation. That in studies that have been done have shown to ameliorate the progression of ALS or the clinical progression of ALS in a percentage of patients. And can you just, um, you know, I guess we'll get into the trial in a second, but can you just tell me about what some of the preclinical evidence uh, for uh, these kind of treatments were before you started testing in humans? Yes, there is preclinical evidence in vitro and in animal models. In vitro, you clearly see how the expansion of these cells increases their suppressive function, meaning they suppress inflammation. The in vitro assays that clearly show that. And we also have data in an SOD1 animal model. The SOD1 model is one of the disease models for ALS, where you see that the animals receiving T-Rex had longer survival compared to the animals that did not receive T-Rex. Based on that and on the safety, in the good safety profile that was observed, that's how this therapy started the first, first a phase one study. And then the results of that phase one study led to a second phase two A study. Got it. And then um, 
one more question before we get to the phase 2a study um just looking at uh koya's website and some of the um, materials you guys have put out recently see a lot of stuff about exomes um can you tell me a little bit about what those are and how it relates to um the t-reg therapies that you're developing absolutely exosomes are let's see exosomes as packages containing information exosomes or extra cellular vesicles they are produced by the cells the t-rex produce exosomes and they package the information in these vesicles the information is comprised by nucleic acids and proteins mostly and they are nanoparticles, very, very small particles. Because of these, these can be taken by other cells and then this information get deployed into those cells and make these cells change the way they act. And we take these exosomes are derived from the T-Rex. Basically, it's a byproduct of this T-Rex. The good thing about the exosomes, first of all, they are as potent, if not more potent than the T-Rex, and they are not cells because T-Rex could be fragile and basically they may be converted back by inflammation after infusion in the patient. The good thing about the exosomes is because they are not cells, they cannot be converted back into bad guys, into pro-inflammatory guys, because they are not cells to start with. So it's possibly one of the most exciting parts of our pipeline. We are working in the development of autologous, but more importantly, which is our ultimate goal, allogeneic exosome. That means is going to be an off-the-shelf treatment if we are successful and if it's approved, meaning you don't need to have a product manufactured from the patient per se, from each patient sample. We are working to develop these exosomes, as I said, as allogeneic treatment, meaning when you produce them, it can be used for any patient for ALS and for other conditions. And uh, what sort of what stage is that treatment at right now? We are conducting preclinical work to fulfill all the toxicology and safety data that the agencies require for before we proceed into, into studies in, in patients. And we are now planning to initiate our studies, our first study in patients by the end of this year, by the end of 2022. Uh, and just to be clear, these are uh, sort of the T-reg therapy that you're developing and the exosome, th these are two different treatments, correct? These are two different treatments, you are correct. The exosomes are derived from the T-reg. And as I said, our goal is we start with the autologous T-Rex, but we are working to develop this as an allogeneic product, meaning once the product is manufactured, it's good for any patient. In contrast, the, 
the cells are autologous. Each patient needs to be, let's say, the source of his of her treatment. And then uh, now uh, let's let's get to the uh, phase two A study. Can you tell me a little bit about um, you know how that went and what the status of it is? Yes, absolutely. So that study was originally planned for a greater number of patients. It was initially planned as a double-blind phase followed by an open-label phase. Unfortunately, like many other studies, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the enrollment of the double-blind phase was substantially smaller than originally planned. Instead of 12 patients, ended up to be six patients, which of course is a very small sample size to make an analysis when you have three patients receiving active and three patients receiving placebo. But the good thing is that all these six patients completed the study and then roll over into an open label study for additional 24 weeks, plus two more patients that FDA agreed to enroll to increase the sample size. So eight patients receive T-Rex on a monthly basis for six infusions over six months. That's basically the meaningful, in my opinion, the meaningful piece of data. So the safety was very good. No patient discontinued or no patient had any serious reaction secondary to the T-Rex, which is obviously a very important point. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> The study shows that about 50% of the patients in the study had a very minimal decline or no decline at all over the six month period in their ALS FRS score. That, as you know, is a very common and validated functional tool to evaluate progression of ALS. Right. And um, you know, I don't think uh, the data on the study has been released. When are you expecting that? That's another good thing that you are, I'm glad you're asking. The data has been submitted for publication. And that's all I can tell you to respect the embargo rules of the journals. Got it. Um, now, uh, then on that note, can you tell me uh, anything about the plans for the phase 2B study uh, that's coming up? Yes, we are working fast and furious on the design of the study and putting all the pieces together. We anticipate this is going to be a double-blind, well-powered study to further demonstrate the safety and the efficacy of T-Rex for the treatment of ALS. Uh, is there anything, I know it might be too early for this, but is there anything you can share sort of about the size of the study, how many people you're hoping to enroll or um, like where sites might be or anything like that? The sites are going to be all in the United States, across the country, in multiple centers across the country, in the West Coast and in the East Coast. So. Regarding the size of the study, yes, it is a little bit early for that to, to be shared, but 
rest assured that we are really working in a very diligent manner to have all this done as quickly as we possibly can. And, and then um, just um, another question that once again, it might be a little early for, but um, do you uh, have any idea what sort of endpoints you're going to be um, <clears throat> looking for this time around? Uh, will it just be the ALS FRS again? Or are there any plans to include uh, exploratory or digital biomarkers or anything like that? Well, the FDA requirements for endpoints are very clear, right? So basically, ALSFRS is part of those. Then discontinuation rates and other factors that might be impacted by the progression of the disease, like the mortality, I'm afraid, which we need to understand how common this is in this devastating condition, plus the use of respiratory support. Those are also part of the endpoints. We are also planning, as we did in the prior two studies, to prospectively collect samples for the evaluation of biomarkers. Biomarkers of inflammation and biomarkers of oxidative stress. And uh, and uh, if, if you can address this, um, you know, I think one question that a lot of um, our listeners are going to have, especially with the passage of the Act for ALS recently, is whether you're considering uh, having an EAP or anything like that along with the phase 2b study. Well, we all hope that first, the Act that just passed is implemented smoothly and efficiently. Uh, and basically, to hopefully have a united front to help patients with ALS. Got it. Um, yeah, and then uh, apologies if I you already mentioned this. I can't remember if not. Um, so you do you have an an idea of uh, when the phase two B is going to start? At this point. We are thinking that should be, will be between the end of this year or early 23. And uh, where can people go for more information if that sounds like something they'd be interested in participating in? I'm sorry, can you repeat your question? Sorry. Uh, where can people go to get more information about the study if they're uh, interested in participating in it? Well. As soon as we have more definitive information, we are going to make that publicly available. Okay, great. Um, so I think we've come to the end of my questions. Uh, is there anything else you feel like we didn't cover or that you'd like to add? Yes, one thing I would like to add first, thank you and thank you to ALS TDI for all you do in ALS, especially for the patients and their families and hoping that we all together continue working in this devastating condition and we finally find a treatment, a good curing treatment for ALS. And thank you, thank you for having me here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. 
For more information about Koya Therapeutics, visit coyatherapeutics.com. To learn more about the ALS Therapy Development Institute, visit als.net. Thanks for listening.